Hi, friends. Welcome to the Seek Holy Living podcast with Christus Faboda. I am a wife to my wonderful husband, mom to my five precious children, and a friend to some amazing moms that I can't wait to introduce to you. Mothering is not a journey meant to be traveled alone. Join me every Monday for a new podcast where you will find hope, joy, and purpose. I think one of the most feared conversations that moms have to jump into with their children is the one on the topic of sexuality. So I am going to first start off this podcast by recommending if you have little ears with you, this might be one to hang on to listen to later when you're on your own or plug in whatever you put in your ears to listen to, to listen to it on your own while you're in the kitchen doing your work around your little children that um, unless you're ready for these conversations and you need a springboard, maybe this is the time to leave it on and listen to together uh, because it is so important. If we do not prepare our children uh, to go into this world with a biblical worldview of sexuality, this is not a one-time conversation we're having with our children. It's not just the talk. This is a continued conversation that we begin with a foundation of truth and we build on it as our children grow. And our culture is giving us many opportunities to talk about sexuality from many different angles with our children these days. And so I am so glad to be able to be here today with Hillary Morgan Ferrer uh, to talk about her second book that she wrote, Mama Bear Apologetics, Guide to Sexuality. Uh, This book is just going to encourage and equip you. I said that with the first book too, but it's because I believe it's true. They're encouraging because you realize, oh, I can do this. I have the skills to be able to prepare my children to go into this broken sexual world that they're growing into, that they are going to be adults in. And it will equip you because you'll actually have the tools to be able to put it into practice. So it's true. If you have not read her first book yet, Mama Bear Apologetics, I highly recommend it. Uh, You can go back and listen to our previous episode as well. I will link that in the show notes below because we just talked all about what is apologetics? What does it mean to be a mama bear in this topic? How do we actually put it into practice? And then um, now we're going to be talking about the second book, The Guide to Sexuality. Uh, And if you are just loving hearing from Hillary, which I know you will, you can listen to her podcast for more. You can go to the Mama Bear podcast, uh, Mama Bear Apologetics podcast, and you can find her on Instagram at Mama Bear Apologetics. Um, And of course, I'll link everything down in the show notes below so you can find all of that there. Hillary, thank you so much for joining me again. This is great. Yeah, no, enjoyed our first talk. So good to be here. We could just go on for, you know, an hour or two on these things because it's so rich (laughs) and it's so important. It's like the most important thing we can be doing is training our children in truth. And this book, man, if the first one wasn't packed enough with truth, then you open up book two and you're like, oh man, I didn't know there was more to more to build on, but praise God there is. So Let's talk first about this book. What led you to writing this second book after the first one was already just so chock full of goodness? Oh, golly. What led me? We're going to put that in scare quotes. Um, So (laughs) the publisher came to me multiple times asking me to write this book, and I kept turning it down. (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I was scared because this is the kind of topic that you will have very, how do I say this? passionate haters that come after you um, (laughs) if they don't like what you had to say. And I wasn't sure if I was ready for that kind of vitriol. 
So um, through a series of events, I finally said yes. Uh, and it was so clear, so clear that the mm. that this is exactly what the Lord had wanted me to do. And my husband, when he found out, he's like, what? You turned that down. I would have told you to do it. This is the book that needs to be written. Um, and <laughs> Praise so, God uh, for encouraging husbands who believe in I us more than we believe know. in ourselves. Right. right. Oh my gosh. I love him. Um, but like you'll see in the acknowledgements at the end that I was like, I have to say this book is the epitome of what it means for me to conquer fear, because I think there are mm. so many different streams of thought, different issues, different facets, different nuances, different mm. everything. It's like this a, a plate of knots and the knots have knots and those knots have knots and being like, okay, let's unravel all this in, you know, 280 pages. <laughs> um, and it was just, oh my gosh, like I, I, I was scared of it. And honestly, a lot of the research I had to do was just dark. I'll just say my, my mm. browser history was ruined forever. <laughs> <laughs> that kind of emails that uh, Amy and I get now we're like, mm, that's never going to go away. Um, but uh, I'm I, on the flip end of it. It was a really hard one to write, mainly because a lot of the research was so dark. Mm. But on the flip end, I am so glad that the Lord kind of uh, twisted my arm and forced me into this. I'd love yes. to say that I just heard his calling and, you know, charged forth and said, I can do all things through Christ. But that was a um, it was more of a Jonah situation than anything. <laughs> um, well, I'm glad, I'm glad that you obeyed and that you decided to do it in spite of the, the challenges. Um, what, what does the book cover? Let's talk about that. Cause I know, cause I've enjoyed it, but let me let you share. What are some of the things this book covers? Yes. So, um, I wanted to go beyond what you normally hear kind of, I think a lot of times sexuality, the, the main message that kids hear is the Bible says it, that settles it. Don't do it. You know, <laughs> don't do it till <laughs> marriage. And then you put it all, all caps and, you know, that's supposed to, to, you know, suffice. And, and that clearly um, worked really well. <laughs> oh yeah. Super well. Right. Not so much. Um, <laughs> But uh, I had a couple of really big aha moments, uh, namely before I got married, as to what sexuality actually is and the way that it affects our ability to see God accurately. And um, I got a lot of that from a book, uh, Sex and the Supremacy of Christ, um, that my husband gave me while we were dating, because that's what nerds in love give each other. Um, <laughs> and. I just had so, so many aha moments from that. I wanted to present it in a way that shows how it's like we had these little brief snippets in scripture about how marriage is supposed to be a picture of Christ in the church. But I don't think we've really given that enough thought of how marriage and sexuality and gender and family are intended to show us the God we can't see. Like everything that we have in the physical world, I think is, is intended to be an analogy for something in the spiritual realm. And, and, and marriage is exactly that. It is showing us who God is, what our relationship with him is, all the things. And so I really wanted to go through the theology behind it. First off, one of my biggest takeaways from the book is like, if we have missed how important a healthy sexuality is from scripture, I, I don't know how we've missed it. This is like a non-negotiable for disciples of Jesus. Like this mm -hmm. is one of the, it's not one of those things where like, oh, I can kind of miss the mark and then ask for forgiveness later. It's like, there are permanent things that this will do to our souls. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I even noticed in Revelation, there were churches that were doing everything right and they were being commended yes. for doing everything right. But they, they were getting the issue of sexuality wrong. And the Lord's like, you need to repent from that or I'm going to remove you from your lampstand. And it's like, even if you're doing everything else right, if you're getting this wrong, you're getting it wrong 
period, because I think God Mm -hmm. takes it very seriously because it it is intended to show who he is. We're basically giving Mm -hmm. people a distorted view of God if we do not know how to have a healthy sexuality. Mm. I was just reading in first Corinthians six, where it talks about flee from sexual immorality. And then it goes on and says all other sins a person commits are outside the body, but whoever sins sexually sins against their own body. And then Mm -hmm. talking about that, your bodies are a temple of the Holy spirit. Who's in you, whom you've received from God. You're not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore honor God with your bodies. And when I was reading Mm -hmm. it in the new King James version. That was the NIV. Cause that's just what came up mm-hmm. on my phone when I just looked it yeah. up real quick. But when I was reading it in my Bible, which is new King James, it has something else that, that the NIV is missing. It says, honor God with your bodies and your spirit. And it includes that your spirit mm. is God's. And I realized there's this connection that the body and the spirit are one. And the point mm-hmm. that we believe that we could separate those we're wrong. You can't actually you can, it's called death. That is when the (laughs) body and the spirit are separated. And that's actually Mm. a point that I make in the book that when we are, when we are treating the body and the spirit as separate, that is the spirit of death right there. And I think it's interesting that when you see different demographics, so a lot of times people make a big deal about um, homosexuality and transgenderism and the percentage of um, suicide or suicide ideation within those groups. I think there's like a 40% suicide attempt. I I decided to say, hmm, I would like to see what's happening with other groups that are misusing uh, sexuality and see if that suicide rate is as high as that, uh, as these two groups. And so the only one I was able to come up with, and, you know, if if you hear me say this and you know what it means, great. If you don't do not Google it, um, the BDSM (laughs) community actually has a very similar suicide rate. So I think Mm. what is going on is when you are treating sex as if it's separate from your soul, as it's separate from your spirit, that is essentially operating under the spirit of death. And it gives that spirit of death a foothold. And we see Mm. this in the suicide rate when people are trying to separate their soul from their body, which is what the sexual ethic is in secular society right now. Wow. Wow. So much. There's so much in this. It just goes so deep. Um, So with that, I think sometimes parents can feel like, oh, this is so deep. I don't need to talk about this yet. Or, (laughs) or maybe this is just too much for me or even, or even thinking I have a history, you know, a sexual history that I don't want to open the door of those conversations with my children. So who am I to talk? You know, that Satan just Mm -hmm. whispers in your ear, who are you? Who, who do you think you are to have that voice? Um, Mm -hmm. and I've even been asked the question when I've spoken on this before, um, is introducing this. I don't want to take away innocence from my children by introducing these things to them. So how, how do you know when it's time to start talking about these topics and not steal children's innocence, but be preparing them for life? Yeah. Um, I, I think this idea that we're stealing their innocence. I mean, if you are letting your kids watch any kind of movies or, music or YouTube or cartoons, all of this, all of the LGBT stuff um, is already infiltrating all the cartoons, like all the Mm -hmm. cartoons you'll have, you know, like the, the said classic as if it's a classic. Now it is now where Gonzo decides that baby, baby, mother babies, Gonzo decides he, he wants to wear a dress and uh, you know, and so then he starts going by like Gonzette or something like that. 
this is one of those things where uh, think about Christian media, what we've done in the past, where we tried to inject almost um, uh, evangelism within all the cartoons, you know, the veggie tales and stuff like that. The LGBT arm and just the sexual revolution in general is injecting its own type of gospel into things and they're purposely putting it mm. into cartoons and stuff. And so I think as much as we can to reinforce what God's design is first. And that way it's like, anytime your kids say, well, what about this? What about that? You say, well, what was God's original design? And so, um, here, I think, do I have it next to me here? Um, we, I just got the new discipleship workbook for, um, the sexuality book. Um, here it is. I'll piggyback while you're grabbing it real quick on what you're talking about the Muppet Babies because I remember the exact yep. episode because I watched it with my children and um, I only knew because at that time Muppet Babies had been fine always and one of thank yeah. God one of my older kids who watches things critically said mom this is not okay anymore this show needs to be we call them broken once shows start having um, their mm. you know their gospel like you said because it is they're going it to is. be taught a biblical they're going to be not a biblical they're going to be taught a worldview from someone. You said it in our first yes. conversation and you were right on that they are sponges. They take yes. everything. So when people say, oh, I don't want to indoctrinate them, they are being indoctrinated. Someone <laughs> is teaching them. It can be yeah. you or it can be Disney or it can be their teacher, whoever that person is. Um, but at the end of that Gonzo one, when he becomes, wants to be Cinderella and they, they say like, you can be anything you want to be. And my kids were like, mom, can you believe this? And so it's not new when people are so, I'm so thankful all this Disney stuff is coming to light so strongly yes. now because people are so surprised by it. And I kind of want to be like, you're surprised. Didn't you see it? <laughs> Why Didn't are you, you surprised? See? This has been did, coming. Did you? Yes. Did you not see in DuckTales when the two dads stood up and the, and, and the, whoever Huey, Dewey, whatever the duck was said, those are my dads. Like you didn't see all those things. You didn't see it in Muppet Babies. It's been around for years. It's just been subtle. And now yeah. it's getting called out. So we have to now as moms, which it's so awful, we have to make this choice to say, do I just accept? it and try to find the truth that are mixed in with the lies or, or has it crossed a line? And are we saying this has crossed a line? We don't want this in our children. Yeah. I think it crosses a line when you take into account the, that which is uh, most familiar will be considered true by default. And so if you're making mm -hmm. something that is anti-biblical, um, more and more and more familiar. I, I do think that needs to get away. But anyway, you, you were saying, how do we address this? So here's here's yes. an example of what we have. Uh, we call this a discipleship workbook. It's got all the same things that we have in our study guide, but we give a lot of extra ideas for how you can get these concepts across to your kids. So this one is called Keeping It Simple. It says, uh, and this is the, the, the international debut of hearing one of the things from the new discipleship workbook. <laughs> um, this is where you can have some fun. Pick something random in your house, such as orange juice or a spatula, and then you remind your kids constantly throughout the week everything it's not to be used for. Washing the dog, waxing the car, cleaning up vomit. Have them join in. I bet they can get even more creative than you. When they've had about all they can take, ask them. We had some fun with that, but do you think the extra instructions regarding fill-in-the-blank were helpful, stupid, necessary, unnecessary? Bring it back to God's word and sexuality. The Bible doesn't claim to be an exhaustive book detailing everything not to do. Instead, it provides us with a clear original design. 
the original purpose and maybe a few ways of misusing his good gift of sexuality. If your kids ever ask if an alternate sexual uh, sexuality or gender is a sin, simply respond with what was God's original design? Keep it simple. Mm. And so I mean, you could use that with friends too. Goodness gracious. Oh yeah, you can. So I really like that we can use this practically in our daily life with our children. And I like your example that you just gave. Let's talk about two different aspects of it. Let's talk about the protection aspect because lies are coming at them constantly. So what are some ways that we can be protecting our children? I just remembered your original question was, what is this book about? And I started with the first part and I didn't say what the second two parts were about. It's okay. Um, then let's go back to, you can say that's a great example for what your first part is. Tell us about parts two and three. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> well, that's a great example about what the first part of your book is about. So tell us about parts two and three of the book too. Yes. So I wanted, I wanted to start out with that original, like what is sexuality from a perspective that maybe we haven't considered before. Uh, part two is called my kids are being taught. What? And it's actually going into what is going on, number one, with the new sexual education standards or the the new national sexual education standards. Uh, What is the worldview behind those standards? Because they actually really define what their Mm -hmm. worldview is. It's one of those things where, you know, for the past, you know, however many years it's been considered this conspiracy theory of, no, that's not what they're saying. No, that's not what they believe. And now they're at their point where they're like, nah, we're just going to write it all out there and put it out for you, uh, which I thought was extremely helpful. Um, so we <laughs> talk about the new <laughs> the, the, the new sexual education standards, um, the worldview behind it. And we actually go through a, an actual curriculum that is being used in schools across the nation called the genderbred person curriculum, which mm-hmm. teaches kids as young as kindergarten the difference between um, sex, gender identity, sexual identity, sexual attraction. Um, versus uh, sexual uh, uh, gender expression, like all these different things are just all these. It's just we'll just say first grade got a lot more confusing. Um, So we go through point by point of that curriculum. And then part three is kind of the things that we titled things that are tripping everybody up. And these are the main things that that kids are having to deal with right now. Um, We start out with um, sex positivity, which is really the worldview that Mm -hmm. is undergirding everything. And then we show how that plays out in pornography, in same-sex attraction, in transgenderism. And then we do a really, uh, actually, this is Amy's chapter. She does a really good critique of what happened with purity culture and kind of kind of roars through that of like, mm-hmm. what did we intend for that? There was like some really good intentions, but then what actually happened from that? Like, what were what was the fallout? What went wrong? How was that twisted? And really kind of gives a good critique of that. And then finally, we go into, at the very end, you know, people think that it's only certain sexual minorities that have this cross to bear and it's unfair that we make them bear it when there's really a lot of sexual crosses that everybody has to bear. We are all on equal footing in terms of um, needing needing the Lord in, in regards to sexual issues because we're all born with something that we have to bear. And so I go through um, a whole bunch of different ones there and uh, asking the question that the church should be asking, which is how can we help you carry this cross? Mm. So that's kind of like the three parts of the book, you know, what the original design, what kids are being taught, and then what are the main things that are tripping them up? Yes. Well, that's, that's hugely important. And I think, I think touching on all of them, because if we don't know what kids are being taught, even if your children 
are not in a school setting, even if your children are at home, their peers are being taught this. So you need to be prepared and you need to be training them. And I think that goes into really well into my next, my next question, which is about how we can protect our children. Mm -hmm. And I feel like a lot of that protection, one is we need to look at where the lies are coming from. And Mm -hmm. the, like you said, in school, there's no hidden agenda anymore. It's very mm-hmm. clear what they want to teach them, which is a wonderful thing that is so nice to be able to know clearly because it wasn't known clearly before. And now it yeah. really is clear out there. And so, um, I mean, I, I don't see any, I don't see any way that I could have my children being taught those things and I, and, and say that I'm protecting them well mm-hmm. for, for, for our family. I haven't, I couldn't figure out any way to, and even, even the argument of, well, you know, we teach them what's true, or I tell them to tell me when things are lies, you know, or Mm -hmm. tell me when they're being taught things that are not true. God's word tells us over and over that children are foolish. There is nothing in scripture that tells us children are wise. There is nothing that tells us that they are discerning. Um, You know, there's that passage when I was a child, I felt like a child, I reasoned like a Mm -hmm. child, but now that I am grown, that's when you have maturity and discernment. So expecting your child to be discerning and wise is just not realistic. Um, Really thinking critically about it. And so I would, I would challenge you if your children are in a setting where they are being taught these things that the world says, we're teaching them this now to really question if you have other options and really look at what they would be, whether it's private education or home education. I know some people say they could never homeschool their children. Maybe private school needs to look at an option or maybe finding a co-op. It's crazy how many options there are now for education Mm -hmm. to get children out of this indoctrination because it really is. Sometimes uh, even, uh, what is it called? Um, Charter schools where they're really going back to reading, writing, and arithmetic. Mm -hmm. Kind of thing. But the thing I, I don't think we take into account is uh, number one, the repetition, the effects of repetition. Like we cannot combat the effects of repetition once they're in a system w- that is hell bent on repeating the same lies over and over and over again. Um, because that is that is literally how the brain is intended to work. That's why we are hmm. to meditate on stuff. This is the way God made us because he wanted us to be able to cement truth in our hearts and in our minds through repetition. And if something else is being repeated that many times, we can't we can't combat the way God created mm-hmm. us to work. Um, but then the second thing I would say is um uh oh golly, what is it repetition and oh yeah, the emotional impact of things. So one of the things that I see going on right now is, you know, it started out with, oh, we need to tolerate everybody. Well, now we need to accept everybody. Now we need to affirm everybody. But now it's the whole school needs to celebrate. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we have these kids who maybe feel like they don't fit in. But if they uh, if they um, we'll just call it the umbrella Um, the umbrella of LGBTQ plus, if they identify under the umbrella, it's like this level of protection, protection from bullies. All of a sudden they have parades in their honor. All of a sudden uh, they're actually Mm. getting cool points at school um, because there, there was a percentage, I think uh, in the research that was done by um, Abigail Schreier, where like 60% of the parents whose children had decided to identify as transgender, they 60% of the parents said it was followed by a popularity boost. Um, Yeah. And and just so, especially with these kindergartners where you're taking them Mm. on a parade and knowing, oh, you can, this parade can be for you if you identify under the umbrella. Um, 
kids are trying to figure out who they are and they're wanting to be loved and accepted and affirmed for who they are. And they're wanting to avoid bullies like the plague. And basically all of these things are wrapped up in a nice, neat bow of identifying under the umbrella. And no matter how much we want to just, you know, say the truth at home, we can't combat um, the amount of repetition. And it's really difficult to combat the um, emotional manipulation and the emotional peace that they sometimes feel when they're finally protected from all these, um, from all the effects of, you know, basically what would normally be normal teenage and adolescent life and puberty and, and bullies and all of the things. Um, it's this, this protection that they are untouchable and everybody mm -hmm. is celebrating them. I think of you, I don't know if you watched the show Umbrella Academy on uh, Netflix, but it has mm -hmm. um, Ellen Page, who is now Elliot Page. And mm -hmm. it's like in the, in the show, like everybody had ignored her all in season one. And then when she decides to come out as uh, I think her name, it used to be Vanya. And then she comes out as Victor and gets a haircut. Uh, they're all talking about how they can love her better. And, you know, should we throw wow. her a party? And this is a big deal. And I'm like, you know what I just learned from Umbrella Academy is that <laughs> everyone will completely ignore you until you cut your hair and call yourself a dude. And then they all want to, they're all constantly making sure you're okay and checking in and wanting to throw you parties and reminding you how much they love you. That's what I just learned. And wow, that is really hard for kids to did that that's temptation that I don't know if I would have been able to resist back when I was feeling awkward and stupid and bullied and ugly and like I didn't fit in like my mm. body was doing weird things I don't know if I could have withstood all that pressure back when I was a teenager wow and just thinking about the burden that that's putting I think about the emotional challenges already of those pre-adolescent mm -hmm. years and yes. adding that extra I mean it's almost like a card you just got to get out of jail free card um, yes. and I put it in your pocket mm -hmm. and you decide to play that card um, mm -hmm. and you win, you know, yeah. man, that's so hard. And even if, even if your kids are at home again, I think realizing, or, you know, or in a private education or in a place where you, you know, they're being guarded from this, realizing mm -hmm. that that is the norm for this culture. That's what yeah. their soccer team kids are talking about. You didn't, you didn't get a get out of jail free card either, just because you decided to, to pick a different education that yeah. you still need to train your children in this because mm -hmm. their sports team kids are going to be dealing with this. The kids in their church, I mean, the, probably yes. their youth group friends. Some are churches not are even falling prey to this saying these, yes. you know, it, it, it's one thing to say, we really need to love people who are struggling with gender dysphoria, people who are struggling with same-sex attraction, but when we make it a special category that we especially need to love them more than others, then mm. again, this is, this is a way to drive more people to wanting to be, um, to, to identify under that umbrella is you get special treatment. And I love the way you said that, that get out, get out of the free card. Uh, now we don't want to, we don't want to dismiss that there are legitimate cases of gender dysphoria. Mm -hmm. There's legitimate cases um, of, of sexual confusion. There are a lot of things that are going on, but there's a difference between kind of what's been going on. That's, you know, nothing new under the sun. It's been going on mm -hmm. forever versus what we're seeing right now, which is almost a social contagion. Um, Absolutely. These are, yeah, these are two different, two separate issues. And so it's, it's really hard because it's hard to tell which one's which. Uh, and mm -hmm. so you kind of have to treat them all as, um, all as the same, but it, it's like, it, it takes a lot of prayer, a lot of nuance, a lot of the Holy spirit mm -hmm. telling you what to do 
Um, and, and even the homeschool kids, I had a parent uh, contact me that he had homeschooled his daughter, but she never fit in with kids her age. And again, this is this is going after kids who feel like they don't fit in with other kids. Yes. Um, and she found a community on Reddit and Reddit is one of the big time communities where they are pushing this mm-hmm. um, this agenda so much. And in order to be part of that community, you got to buy it hook, line and sinker. And that's where her daughter or where his daughter decided that she wanted to go transgender is that Reddit community. And that's something he just never even saw coming because he Mm -hmm. thought that he had protected her uh, through, through homeschooling. Yeah. That was the other thing I was going to say too, about the protecting them, even if you're protecting them in the education that, you know, you're giving them, there are Mm -hmm. so many other facets to their lives that the media that they take in is huge. And there's so many categories of that, whether it's the video games that they're playing or Mm -hmm their access to the internet and how you're choosing to allow that or not. If your child feels like they're getting the same access to the internet in the world as all of their peers, then probably you're not doing it right. If your child (laughs) is saying everyone else gets to whatever it is, take it as a pat on the back. You know, that's your star sticker for the day. Um, Yes. Your child should not be doing what everyone else is doing. Uh, Really be, be guarded that There are things I think about if you want to check out um, Protect Young Eyes on Instagram, you will be Mm -hmm. so encouraged by some of the resources they will give you and giving kids phones. It's like giving them a tool to fall into struggle. And we've opted. Why don't you just give them crack cocaine? It's the same. It's the same dopamine receptors. (laughs) Right. And you think about, I mean, essentially, you're like putting pornography in your child's pocket. Um, Mm -hmm. That we've, we've opted because we felt like we did need a phone to use for some things with some of the activities we're doing. We found the Gab phone and I'll, I'll link that in the show notes to G-A-B-B. And it's a phone that looks like he's normal. So it's Mm -hmm. not like, I mean, we're not so, but it has no internet. Um, You can't text pictures. We don't have group text on it. Like we're doing our best. And I know that there's no guarantee, you know, like our family's not, I'm not saying that we're doing it all right, but I'm really trying to do the proactive things. And as much as it means that we don't look like the rest of the world, then that tells me that we're probably on the right path. Um, as best People as we act can like to protect being them. set apart is like this new thing, like being set up <laughs> when you say you're not like the rest of the world. So what you're saying is you're set apart. Is that what I hear you saying? That's what we're supposed to be. <laughs> Amen. Amen. You know what? And that's an excellent place to go ahead and, and kind of wrap this up that we are called to be set apart. And if we look yep. like the world in our sexuality or how we're accepting sexuality or how we're allowing our children to be taught about sexuality, then I'm going to go ahead and say that that's a red flag. And that, um, Mm -hmm. I know I've recommended that moms get this book. I would recommend it again, get it because it's going to prepare you to train your children that this is a conversation. This is not a one-time This is not a talk. And I will also, I'll link to a podcast that I did with Greta Eskridge a while ago about creating a biblical worldview of sex in our children. Um, Mm -hmm. Because we really go through step by step. Like here are real tangible ways you can have these conversations. And we also did one, I will link also about protecting your children from pornography. Um, And that gave some real tangible, real takeaways that you can use. Um, But to close us up, let me wrap us up with Ephesians 5, 15 through 17. It says, be very careful then 
how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. And mom, I just want to encourage you by listening to this. I know you want to be careful. I know you want to be wise and God is going to give you the opportunities. He's going to put it out there for you like bait. And you're going to read this book and you're going to be prepared so that you take that bait and you make the most of those opportunities that come up when you see those lies of sexuality in our culture or your child asks you a question that makes you turn beet red. But you know, I've got to answer this question because that's my job. My job is to train them. (laughs) God has called me to this. Your job is Um, the awkward questions. That's in the job description. (laughs) Right. And you will not be foolish. You will know what the Lord's will is because you've prepared yourself. So again, I'll link this book in the show notes. Hillary, thank you so much for joining us. This was just fantastic. Awesome. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you for the work that you're doing. Mamas have a big responsibility in this culture to be mama bears. And um, it's nothing new, friends. You know, sometimes it can feel like, God, why did you pick me for this generation, for this time? You could have picked me, God, for like a different time. And that would have been awesome. But you know what? Go back, friends. Read Leviticus 18. It's all about the unlawful sexual relations that that they were having to give to the (laughs) Israelites. So this is nothing new under the sun and God prepared the Israelite mamas. God's going to prepare you and he's going to equip you because he has called you to be a mama bear at this time in this world with these children, because this is where he's going to use them as disciples. So you're doing a great work friends. God bless you. And I'll see you next week. Bye. Thank you for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts so you don't miss any of our weekly conversations. And check out our show notes below, where I have links to the resources mentioned on the podcast. I release a new podcast every Monday and additional content at seekholyliving.com, including a video of this conversation and a deeper dive into all things mom. Also, be sure to follow me on Instagram and Facebook at Seek Holy Living for more fun and conversation. If this was an encouragement to you, please share it with your friends.